Welcome back to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. The Missing Link will help you or your business connect with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Find them at tmlthemissinglink.com.au. Here is your host, Max Becker. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max. Where today we are joined by the Boston Celtics scout, Benis Makovicius, and NBL pro expert analyst, Liam Santa Maria. Welcome to the podcast, guys. How are you going? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Max. Good to be back with you and um, an honor to be uh, joined by Benis. Now, what's happening for you guys in basketball at the moment and what's exciting you? Be my guest, Benis. Uh, for me, for me, it's just scouting uh, from from my computer and and watching players, watching games. Uh, now the playoffs are coming up, so I'm just trying to get a grip on on, on all the action everywhere around the world, and uh, hopefully we get some good basketball going. Obviously, also watching, getting some information on players um, yeah. leading up to the draft. What about yourself, Liam? Well, Max, for me, it's um, it's busy, busy. You know, it's four <laughs> weeks out from the um, the end of the the regular season here, and it's been, um, geez, it's been a long season. It was such a long off season last oh, year yeah. as we we work towards this NBL season, and um, we're finally just a few weeks out from from what's going to be a really exciting playoff series. So we're just right in that playoff push now. A bunch of teams fighting it out for a top four finish and uh, gearing up for a big finals. Um, now, international basketball, the Olympics are coming up. Now, Australia qualified and they beat um, the USA in Melbourne back in 2019. But in late June, in around a month's time or so, um, Venice, you guys are at Lithuania are going to be playing on home soil um, for one of four remaining spots at the Olympics. How are you guys um, at Lithuania shaping up um, for these qualifiers? Yeah, uh, big pressure. <laughs> big pressure. Big pressure coming up, but uh, I, I like to call it good stress because you know you know the cause you're doing it for you know why you're doing it you you know we all uh, should consider ourselves fortunate to be in this situation to be fighting for the Olympics and and to be to be participating there so hopefully we have all our guys healthy and ready to to go once uh, the season finishes and um, yeah we'll we'll have some fun with it, hopefully. So it's it's gonna be a challenge to get the guys ready in, in, in a short notice, you know, short short time short time period. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get together with the coaching staff on that and, and hopefully get everybody on the same page ASAP. Um, now, firstly, Liam, Andrew Bogut uh, released his 15 man um, team for the Olympic squad for the Aussies um, via his Rogue Bogues podcast. What are your thoughts on the Australian team with so many quality players coming into this Olympics? It's going to be a really hard selection to make. Um, as you say, there's a, there's a lot of quality um, that's going to be involved um, and he's going to need to make, he and his coaching staff are going to need to make some really tough calls. Um, yeah, Bogues was saying in that in that podcast that they're going to take 15 to um, the camp in the States um, in Las Vegas in preparation. And then from there, going to need to cut three guys to get a, a team of 12. Now that, that's going to be a really difficult process because there's going to be some really good players miss out on that 15. And then of course, heartbreak hometown when it comes to that, that yeah. final um, selection. Now I, I was 
lists, you know, I can't remember exactly the guys that he had in his squad, but I was on board for the most part with the group that he'd put together. I really liked the idea of including Josh Giddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. as a young guy at the end of the bench. I mean, he's going to play a big part in the future of that program mm -hmm. over the journey. And he has also shown no fear with stepping out uh, at the professional level against grown men and performing um, to a really high standard. So I think having him involved is a really good idea. And I think some of the tough calls are going to need to be made as well on on the wings when it comes to guys like Ryan Brockhoff, who hasn't really been setting the world alight in recent times, Chris Golding, um, yeah. these types of guys, who are you going to have in those final spots on the wings? And then also up front, you know, when you look at guys like Will Magne, Isaac yeah. Humphreys, um, who are you going to have as your last couple of bigs, even Xavier Cooks, who I know Bogues had in that mix. And it, we're going to have a really good team, no matter which way it, it lands. And hopefully from my perspective, hopefully the, the Lithuanian team wins their way through because the, the battles between Australia and Lithuania over the journey have just been Classic. epic. Absolutely epic. And I, I mean, I, Benis, to, yeah. I want to ask you, I mean, how, how have you enjoyed that rivalry between Lithuania and Australia over the years? Well, I can tell you, um, I joined the national team in 2013 and we've been playing with Australia, whether it's friendlies um, or actual competition ever since, because coach Lemanis at that time, he came over with the team to Lithuania several times to, to for camp and prepare. And I've was, I've witnessed, or I've, I was fortunate to watch the evolution of Australian basketball throughout those years. And the impact Coach Lemanis during that time, he, he grew that team uh, into a very sophisticated system and it took a while for them to get on the same page. And I thought from, from watching them play every summer because, you know, Patty Mills was a huge part of what they did also every summer. Um, they had always a good counteraction to every defensive scheme you put up against them. So it was very, very difficult to defend because of the 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 widespread talent they had and also the efficient offense they, they ran with with off ball cutting and it, it was very difficult to defend but uh i thought that 2016 was what they were at their peak and really deserved the medal yeah. and and in, in rio it was very very heartbreaking to watch because you've seen it or i've seen it from basically from the ground up how they how they how they groomed the system and in my opinion, they deserved that medal in 2016. Um, yeah, it's, it was it was it was a difficult uh, game to watch. And uh, it, from you know, even though it was a high level high level game and high level competition, and both teams played really good, but just for the sake of of, of um, their style of play and how how fit and how everybody was on the same page at the peak of their of their careers, it felt like they deserved that medal um, from the outside. So. That was a little bit unfortunate. Oh, now looking forward to the Olympic experience at Tokyo, Ben, it's assuming you guys get through um, these qualifiers coming up, what excites you most about um, going to the Olympics? Well, it's always, um, you know, like you, can, you, can, you can't compare Olympics to world championships or Euro baskets because th those competitions are usually, uh, usually just about the competition. It's yeah. just about, you know, winning and being being in the Eurobasket and, and playing for the title. But the Olympics, it feels like best of both worlds. You're kind of 
happy to be a part of it and it's also this this emotional gratification you get of being there with all the athletes and all the all the you know coaches and just other different nations all around the world and the other partners you get to compete as well at the highest level and that's you know like the experience of of being there and being part of it being in the village and the the experience of really fighting for a medal and 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 playing against the best competition possible it's just unfortunate there there won't be any fans you know that that could you know be a part of it as well and that's always a little bit um a downer when you don't have anybody in the stands which is this year this past season has been uh, uh normality for most of the leagues um now guys what are your thoughts um on the nba season so far go ahead well to be honest max my um i've been pretty selective pretty focused in my kind of um, consumption of the nba this yeah. season because um you, because of the the time frame of of our nbl season this year it's very much kind of completely overlapped and yeah, exactly. and um uh i guess i'm i'm so busy on the week to week in an nbl yeah. context it's kind of hard to to take in much else um so i've had to be pretty selective i've I mean, I'm a, I'm a long-time Phoenix Suns fan. So that, that's been the key kind of element of enjoyment for me this year is watching our team win a whole bunch of games. I mean, we've not been in the playoffs for over a decade. So to be yeah, second wow. in the West um, and, you know, have a great point guard at the helm in Chris Paul and watch the continued growth of our, our young stars in, in, in Devin Booker and uh, DeAndre Ayton, that's been really fun. We've got an NBL NBA connection now on that yep. team with Tory Craig. So that's another fun element of that for me. And then, and then the other part that I've been enjoying watching is watching our Aussies and um, our NBL alum um, performing yeah. at a really high level in the NBL. You know, you look at a guy like Joe Ingles, the incredible shooting season he's having on a really, um, really tough, really good Utah team that plays a really nice brand of basketball. Um, and then, Heck, just some of the things that we've seen even today, you know, you see a guy like Cam Oliver on a 10-day deal come from the yeah. NBL, come out for the Rockets today, put 17 points on the board and, and really make a statement. You see a guy like Didi Luzada, fresh off um, the NBL hardwood, come out and make his NBL debut. He's out there guarding Luka Doncic. So yeah. they're the kind of things I've been, I've been watching this season and, um, and enjoying. Oh, Liam, do you think, how long do you think um, Cam Oliver's going to be? Do you think he's going to stick around the NBA longer than that? That ten-day period. Well, that'll be the end of the regular season for him. It'll be all wrapped up from there. I, I don't think we're going to see him back in the NBL. Sadly for yeah. Taipans fans. Sadly for those of us who enjoy watching him on the week-to-week -week in this league. But really happily for him. You know, he's just been really dying for this kind of opportunity to get out there in regular season NBA games and show them what he can do. He is that kind of talent. And I think he, his time in the NBL has served him really well to, to sort of develop his understanding of some of the finer points of the game um, and how he can exist in a positive way within a, a team environment. And, uh, and so to see him out there now doing what he's done over the last couple of days, I think he'll get snapped up on a, on a uh, on a deal for next year and he'll be he'll join that club that ever-growing club of guys who have spent time in the nbl who are going to be playing and carving out a career uh, on the big stage now bennis what are your thoughts um on the current nba season 
Um, it's been, I think, very congested, to say the least. Um, lots of lots of games. Uh, I think I think it's been difficult for a lot of teams. Um, I know for us, it has been really challenging with all the injuries and all the all the um, just missing pieces we had throughout the year. So the consistency, I think, in a lot of teams was probably lacking throughout the season. You can see across the board uh, that it's just been one injury here or there, and then all of a sudden it just throws the whole team for a loop. So for us, that that's been that's been the biggest challenge, just to just really trying to navigate through the season. And once your roster is cut short a little bit, the rotation changes as well, and then that's when you have to really find new guys to step up and 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 contribute in one way or the other. And hopefully, you discover somebody that that really shows you know some some upside for the playoffs, like. Neesmith has been really, you know, like the, the, the last month and a half, he's been really on a, you know, curving up and, yeah. and really showing, showing some really good uh, flashes of, of, of brilliance and, and uh, hopefully some more contribution in the playoffs. So we'll see how, how the playoffs will shape up for us. But the season in general has been um, for us up and down and really frustrating to watch at times. But, you know, we're, we all know we can do better and we all know that Celtic basketball is is about more than that so so hopefully we can turn around for the for the playoffs coming up or looks like we're going to be in a playing game so let's see so come that NBA playoff time um who do you guys think are the danger teams are in the league go ahead Liam well I mean I, I bow to your <laughs> expertise Dennis as I say I, I've been in and out in terms of my my you know close watching of the league so you would know way more than I would at this point well it's it's um it's difficult to say because you know like LA the Lakers have been also uh, devastated with um, injuries so they're a little bit lower than they should be probably um, you don't know how the the, the playing tournament will shape out who was going to be in it. But looking from the top, from the top teams, uh, you can see that that probably uh, the road in the East will probably lead through uh, Brooklyn um, in, in terms of talent. Uh, Philly obviously is there as well. And Milwaukee, those are the, probably the top three teams that separate themselves from 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 the rest. And in, on the West, you know, it's it's always hard to judge. The West has always been a little bit uh, difficult to, to take it to, you know, to really put a finger on it, but you could probably say that the Utah Jazz have been playing really exceptional basketball throughout the whole year and most consistently. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see once once they head into the playoffs, if they keep up can keep up the, the play and, and continue their search through the West. So um, it's it's playoffs are a different animal. You know, everybody steps up their game and everybody plays with more intensity, a little bit more grit, a little bit more more fire. And um, that's when, you know, the, the cream rises to the top and that's where they, they, the, the best teams separate themselves. So even the lower teams have a chance if they just have enough talent and uh, just didn't get lucky during the regular season, maybe with, with injuries and can work themselves up with a, with a road win, you know. So um, it, time will tell, but those are the teams I think right now, they're probably um, just on a real different pedestal. Can I, can I say, Max? Um, yeah. That's the second time already in this podcast that Bennis has kind of broken my heart here a little bit. <laughs> Firstly, he talks about the Rio games and, and our uh, bronze medal matchup against Spain, which we've all been trying to forget about <laughs> over here. And then no mention of the Suns there as one of his, his hot <laughs> chances in the West. So I need a bit of a pick-me-up. Well, um, it's, you know, it's... 
I they, they it's the first year in a while that they they've been up there. So you know, I I just kind of want to keep it keep 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 the emotion <laughs> flow. You know, not not to get too far ahead of yourselves. So it's always it's always good to be uh, the underdog, probably. So less pressure is probably always always uh, better when when you go into the playoffs. So I think it's- Phoenix will be good. It's actually it's actually an interesting situation, really, isn't it? To be a second seed, which yeah. it's highly likely we're going to land up end up being, um, and yet we're going to go into first round playoff series most likely with most people feeling that way, you know, as an underdog, considering how long we've been out and yeah. how um, how sort of you know I think the expectation is that this is a flash in the pan sort of team. Well, not flash in the pan, but it's a this has been a season that's part of the growing process with these kind of young stars. Um, so I'm fascinated to see how we're going to go. Yeah, it's it's going. I'm I'm curious as well because I mean they they play a good good brand of basketball, and and Monty has been really great with with that team building it. And Chris Paul obviously um, helped helped a lot to, to to bring everybody together. Um, how do you feel um, when you look at the Suns roster having Devin Booker and then you've got Chris Paul there to uh, sort of give him experience and Booker can feed off Chris Paul and having him such sort of a veteran player in the league, Booker coming into, well, I'd describe coming into sort of his prime years. Um, now, how do you feel about, you know, the Celtics potentially coming up against the Suns? Well, I mean, that would be remarkable because that would mean the Celtics would be yeah. um, would, would work their way <laughs> through the play-in and then right through the, the East and we would do not too dissimilarly on the other side of the draw and then we'd meet in the finals so we're not going to see that but on the question about <laughs> <laughs> on the question about watching this Suns team um, with Chris Paul at the helm it's been um, it's been so much fun because you know we saw this this Phoenix group and I feel like I've hijacked this conversation and turned it all into the Valley of the Sun. But, <laughs> but we saw them play so well in the bubble last year and thought, well, um, the challenge is going to be to build on that, you know, and to, to carry that kind of momentum and take it another step the following regular season. And to, be, to have been able to do that um, has been a huge tick um, for the, the entire organization. And bringing Chris Paul into the mix obviously has been a massive part of that. And, and from... From a Suns fan perspective, it's just an, another um, enjoyable ride with a super high-level point guard. This is the yep. thing I've enjoyed so much as a, as a, as a former point guard myself. Um, <laughs> watching over the years, you know, I became a Suns fan when Charles Barkley moved from the Sixers to the Suns when I was 12 years, 11 years old. Um, but from there, we had, um, you know, Jason Kidd and Stephen Marbury and, um, and Steve Nash and a whole whole bunch of incredible point guards along the way. Kevin Johnson going back all all that way to the early early nineties. Um, and then now we've got Chris Paul, and he's leading us right into um, uh, our first playoff berth in in a long time. And his leadership with those guys, it, it's just at the been a perfect time in the, their career. Those you know Booker and Aiton and those guys to have a guy like Chris Paul with them and. He's been enormous for helping them continue to grow. And then, as Ben has said, under the, the stewardship and the leadership of Monty Williams, it's just all come together really nicely this season and um, can't wait to see what we're going to do in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that, Ben? It's like sort of if there was a uh, Celtic-Suns matchup. Well, uh, 
like Liam said, it's highly unlikely. I think uh, the Vegas odds would be um, through the roof on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I mean, if if we could get that far, it'd be it'd be amazing, obviously. But we're 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 decimated with through with injuries, and hopefully we can get you know through the plans into the into the playoffs it themse- itself. So um, Phoenix has like a like Liam said, Phoenix has been demonstrating a really good brand of basketball. And it's 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 fun to watch them play. So hopefully, into the playoffs, we'll see a, a much more great basketball from 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 both teams. And hopefully, everybody will stay healthy. You know, just it just takes one or one injury that really can you know. And the season took a toll on a lot of players, a lot, a lot of teams. So um, I think that was the biggest challenge for coaches to navigate through that and and rotate everybody so everybody goes into the playoffs fresh, and and recuperate from game to game. Um, so. It's 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 going to be challenging for all the teams and especially for us with with the with the roster thinning out. Um, now Australian players made a big impact um in the NBA this year and will um in the finals with Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul um up at the up at the top in the East with Philly um while Joe Ingles and the Jazz uh, are up there in the West. What are your thoughts on the impact um that Australian players can have in the finals and in the playoffs? Well, Bennis, do you want to go first on that? Have you have you got kept your eye on uh, the Aussie talent around the league? Um, well, yeah, this, the the Australian guys. I can't talk too much about particular players, uh, just just yeah. just because of my association with the NBA. Um, but it's in in general, the the Australian players always have been contributors, and not just not just players on just to be on a roster, but they're actually been. Um, contributors on a high level, and I mean, we had Bainsey in, in 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 Boston for for a long time, and and he's been always been whichever team he played on, he's always been a, a really you know good good get, and his toughness always helped. But in general, you can tell that you know Joe Ingles has been playing a, a a phenomenal season with his um, shooting percentages being through the roof on all across the board. Um, yeah, and and the, the guys you mentioned from Philly are obviously there too. So it's it's always been. Uh, I'm I like we've talked about earlier I've ever I've I've watched the evolution of Australian basketball since 2013 and I've always been a fan just because of the the way the way the Aussies play you know the 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 tough nose gritty basketball it's also really conducive with with Celtic basketball and 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 it's 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 a good uh, um, you know reminder of how how good basketball should be played so I think that Aussies that play on on playoff teams and that play on NBA teams they're always be contributors and and valuable players to their team and from my perspective Max uh, mm-hmm. uh apart from the Suns I'm cheering for for a Joe Ingles Ben Simmons showdown yeah. in the finals Everyone to be honest be. I mean that would be amazing <laughs> I mean it wouldn't be it probably wouldn't be the ideal scenario for our national team in terms of the tight turnaround for them to be able to get involved with our group um mm-hmm. for the Olympics but I mean, these are two teams that, you know, very reasonably could um, achieve that, could make their way through their conference and meet at that level. And uh, that would, of course, guarantee one of those guys at least their first NBA championship ring. So um, the fact that we've got so many Australian players um, playing key parts of rotations on championship contending teams is just thrilling for us all to watch down here. Um, Bernis, we know how passionate and like you mentioned before, um, you are about Celtics basketball. 
Can you explain Celtics basketball to us? And are there any elements that in the past you've focused on, um, on, on or sort of like any elements, that kind of thing you've focused on um, in the lead up to the playoffs? Well, in, in general, Celtic basketball always been about grit and grind, you know, on, on defense, playing, playing tough, playing physical and, and holding your ground, guarding your yard. That's what Coach, Coach, um, Coach Stevens likes to call it, you know, guard your yard and, and just be physical, be gritty, be tough on the defensive end and play selfless and team basketball on the offensive end. Make quick decisions, move the ball, don't, you know, don't find a better shot. You don't just settle for a good shot. Find a better shot and then move on to the best shot if, if it's even, uh, if it's attainable. So I think that throughout the season, it's just been uh, inconsistent with this play. Uh, and I think, I think that's probably uh, gonna get better. It's just a matter of time. And hopefully now with the playoffs coming up, we had really good flashes and signs of really good Celtic basketball. We moved the ball. You know, Marcus Smart has been just just the guy that you really exemplifies Celtic basketball on 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 both ends. You know, so hopefully everybody can rub off that a little bit more. And and hopefully going into the playoffs, we have that that uh, grit and grind mentality. Now, if we switch to the NBL, the NBL sort of brought in. Um, the Next Stars program at the start of um, NBL 20 to sort of give players a pathway um, to the NBA. Um, and I've least, Liam, I've recently had um, NBL commissioner Jeremy Loliga uh, on the podcast. He spoke about um, the positive impact in which this program's had um, on the NBL. And he spoke um, and helping players um, get to the NBA. Can you chat to us about the players that have been going through the program um, and who've made a splash in the NBA this season? Of course. Well, I mean, of the, the, the biggest name of all is LaMelo Ball, isn't it? Because, yeah. um, you know, he, he's the guy who really brought all the eyeballs uh, onto our league and onto the Next Stars program across the globe last year. He was tremendous in his 12 games in the NBL. He was here for a good time, not a long time. Um, but he was really terrific um, in our league and then has, you know, of course, went pick number three in the most recent NBA draft and has been outstanding um, in his rookie campaign for the Charlotte Hornets this year. And um, again, just, just like how I spoke about uh, Cam Oliver, I feel the same way about uh, Didi Luzardo, who we'll talk about in a moment. And, and as I do with LaMelo in terms of I really feel like his time in the NBL um, helped him tremendously as a stepping stone towards the NBA and not just uh, helping him to improve his draft stock so that he went as high as possible in the draft, but in preparing him as a player, because, you know, it, just, it really doesn't matter where you get drafted. If when you step out onto the NBA floor, you yeah. can't get it done. You can't play with guys. You're not coachable um, and you can't compete at that level and continue to grow. And he certainly has been able to do all of those things. So that, that's been spectacular. RJ Hampton was the other big name that was with LaMelo Ball in the program last year. Um, and uh, we're really seeing some fabulous signs from him late in the season. Having double, double moved at the Magic. Yeah, yeah. Having moved from Denver to Orlando. Um, I, I kind of was excited for what um, he... Uh, 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 an early few years in the league at Denver could do for RJ learning yep. uh, within a, a winning system there and under a really good coach and um, under the mentorship of some, some high level players. But at the same time, 
um, there's nothing that that like opportunity and the chance to get out on the floor and actually play. And he's had that in Orlando and and done really well. Um, so that's been terrific. And of course, prior to those two, um, we had uh, Brian Bowen in the uh, in the Next Stars program, um, who of course was with the Sydney Kings and um, has been spending time in the the Indiana Pacers organization. He was really the starting point. We had Terence Ferguson in the league just prior to that with the Adelaide 36ers, where he got drafted, of course, by Oklahoma City. Um, but he wasn't specifically a part of the Next Stars program. It wasn't quite in existence at that point. And then the flip side of all of that is these other guys that have um, uh, recently been um, eligible for the Next Stars program as draft and stash players. Didi Luzada, a tremendous yeah. example of that, played a season and a, I'm going to say a season and a half here with the Sydney Kings. <laughs> caught up by the Pelicans and made his debut today. Um, and of course, Justinian Jessup, who is with the Illawarra Hawks right now as a um, draft pick from the Golden State Warriors. And then a couple of other names, of course, Josh Giddy, who has yeah. just <laughs> recently had his third triple-double of the season. He's going to be one of the youngest guys in the upcoming draft and um, is an incredible talent. And uh, we're excited for what he's going to be able to do at the NBA level. And we're also watching the, the growth of Mojave King as an next star in our league right now. And there's a, there's a, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with him in the next little while, whether, whether he is indeed going to, you know, throw his name in and, and nominate for the upcoming draft, whether he's going to, um, if he does, whether he keeps it in or whether he decides to, to um, spend another year, he certainly has that opportunity to do that. And if he does, well, will that be in the NBL or will that be elsewhere? And then looking forward, Max, um, I'm excited about who might be a part of the next batch of yep. Next Stars. I'm really hopeful Dyson Daniels, a really promising young um, uh, Aussie point guard from Victoria here is going to yeah, jump on board in, as part of the program next season. And, and if he does, who else will come with him? So it's, it's added a really exciting, um, different element to our league that, that previously... Um, wasn't in existence um, that has created a whole bunch of attention and, and eyeballs and excitement around the competition. Uh, Bennis, with the success um, of this Next Stars program, how's the program viewed um, by the NBA and by scouts? Well, everybody's hoping that Australia can open up finally so everybody can come and scout the, <laughs> scout the players <laughs> from Australia. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, in, in general, I think it's viewed as a really, really good program just because, um, you, you know, it's always good when, when young talents uh, get to play against uh, professionals and uh, with professionals, against professionals, grown men in the grown men's league, you know, in the, in the um, highly professional league. So it's it's a good opportunity for them uh, to all showcase their talent at a at a really uh, high level and you know that's when you you separate the the you know the cream rises to the top once again you know and then you'll you see if if they're able to improve throughout the season if they're getting better and more 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 consistent uh, with their play and you know everybody everybody's watching them it's 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 not it's not just uh, just because we can't travel we're not watching them you know this 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 uh coronavirus has changed our way of working but it doesn't mean that we're not seeing anybody um uh, like we didn't like we used to so the, the, the this program is good just for them for for all the young guys to show to showcase their talent at a at a professional level and that's that's what it goes down to uh, Liam, is there anyone in, uh, I guess, the NBL who you want to pitch 
um, to finish that may not be on the NBA um, scouts radar? Well, that's a good question. Um, who may or may not be on their radar? That's that's an interesting question. Well, look, certainly we saw a guy like Isaac Humphreys mm-hmm. playing at a very high level um, at the start of this season. He, he may have he may have fallen off NBA radars over the last uh, little while, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know he played obviously in the NBA G League for a period of time, and then had a yeah. cup of coffee with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but the way he started this season before he, he got hurt and had to miss the, the, the whole middle part of the year was um, tremendous. I mean, he was performing at an MVP level. And look, if you're a young player um, uh, performing at an MVP level in a, in a league as good as this, then you should be well and truly on those kind of radars. And he has um, a developing NBA skill set um, in terms of he's an elite shot blocker leading the league in in block shots at three or so a game, um, but um, you know has you know as makes good reads as a as a rolling target in pick and roll actions, and um, has certainly shown in in recent times um, the ability to step out and, and shoot the ball. I mean, he hit three triples in uh, their their most recent win, Adelaide against Sydney. So that's a guy I think deserves some more NBA looks, maybe a chance to go back to summer league and mm-hmm. show a little bit more of what he can do. And then of course the other guy's Jock Landau, um, mm-hmm. who has yet to, to play and achieve his NBA dream um, has been playing at a really high level in Europe over a period of time was with the boomers um, at the uh, world championships in 2019 and um, has been tremendous in this league this season. And he hasn't really had the chance to put up the kind of numbers yeah. that, um, maybe some other guys around the competition have because from the moment the season tipped off, Who's he has game? just been demand. He has demanded mm-hmm. an incredible level of defensive attention, game in, game out. And th- that's the thing that I've really loved about how he's approached the the season this year is he's happy to just catch it in the block, invite the double, yep. pitch it out. He's got talented offensive players around him. That ball goes kick, kick, kick around the perimeter, wide open three on the other side of the floor. And you watch him when those shots go down. He gets nothing in the box score, mm-hmm. but he's just as happy when that teammate knocks that shot down as he is when his front court partner grabs the offensive rebound on the other side of the rim and throws it down. He's a genuine team player. And um, you combine that with what is uh, undoubtedly an NBA skill set um, and, and uh, a body that I think he has turned in, in recent years into a genuine NBA level um, body as well. So he deserves a chance as well. And he, he look, he deserves a guaranteed contract, really. I, I mean, I would be surprised if he wants to go through the summer league route um, which he's done previously. He's a guy that I think NBA teams should be looking at as as someone to bring into their organization and, and build with. Um, what yeah. about what I'll go, Benis? Yep. Um, yeah, because the summer league is so late this year, just it's it's going to be hard for for successful international players um, to come over and showcase their talent in a, in a summer league setting, uh, which is understandable. You know, like after a successful season, you really you know because it's so late, it's really close to the start of the next season. It's really going to be hard to put the teams together. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for the NBA teams um, in terms of inviting uh, European players or international players in general um yeah and, and and it's always when you're playing on a on a winning team 
and playing in a winning environment with really good players uh, around you, um, their stats are not going to jump out at you, you know. And that's one thing that, like like Liam said, it's always important to see what impact they have on winning, without you know without really having a, a phenomenal box score. So uh, that's why it's, it's it's very important to watch those guys throughout the season, and not only one or one game or a couple clips here and there highlights, but you really to follow up on them throughout the season and see and feel the impact that the players have, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's possible only through watching full games, watching the impact they have in the game, which whether it's, it's a hockey assist, whether it's, what's, it's, it's just making, setting a good screen, diving on the ball that doesn't show up and, and making, making the right basketball play. And I think that's really what, what separates, separates the guys that are really next level players. Um, I want to touch on Shyla Hill. Um, you know, taking it the eighth pick. I'm in the WNBA draft. I'm to Chicago Sky. Liam, tell us a bit about um Shyla Hill. Well, she's a really exciting talent. You talk about young Australian exciting talents. She, you're right. You're um, you've done exactly the right thing in bringing her name up because uh, boy, didn't she blow up in yeah. the in the most recent WNBL season? Was unbelievable for Townsville um, under Shannon Seabom and. Um, took that team right to a grand final appearance. Um, of course, you know, their opponents were, were far too good and we're always going to get that win, but she was just sensational. It was no surprise to see her be a top 10 pick. Um, she, of course, Venice, you would, you, you, you would know she's the daughter of uh, Aussie basketball legend Shane Heal. Um, Does he shoot it like him? <laughs> she shoots it. You know, she doesn't look the same, but she shoots a kind of clip like he used to shoot. She doesn't hope, kind of go this, I hope she won't put the hair up like and, no. and, and, and dye it white. Different hair, different stroke, same mentality. Okay. Same no backward step mentality, no matter who she's playing against. Um, plays, she's tough. She's hard-nosed. She's super competitive like her old man, um, but she's also really skilled. You know, she's, he's put a lot of um, time and effort into working with her uh, over a long period of time. She's just been really hungry to put in that kind of work. Right. And um, I think she's ready to go over. And um, I think she's landed in a really nice spot there in Chicago. She's got an, an outstanding point guard to, to learn under um, for a period of time. So she'll be able to kind of um, make, make the most of that. And she is set for a spectacular WNBA and um, international career um, and can't wait to watch it all down 10 and plus years. Um, awesome. Venice, how has um, COVID changed the way in which you go about scouting and have there been any positives um, that have come out of it that you will keep doing um, post-COVID? Well, like in in general, um, COVID has not had much positive <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but it's the the one thing I can say that I probably um, value is probably traveling less. You know, I, I probably value that more now than I did before. Uh, I I love to travel. I love to see games live. I love to meet people. I um I I love to socialize, and that's one thing that I'm really missing uh, in terms of just talking to people, meeting people and, and, and talking, talking in person. I think that's, it has a much different value and much different um, feel to it. You know, like it's, it's, it's not the same when, when you're talking via zoom or, or, or uh, phone in general, but I, I feel like 
um, I could cut down on the travel just to be more efficient and not just to um, travel around just to see games, just to meet people. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm exhausted the, the, the weeks uh, afterwards and the, the work that, that I would be doing at home would not be as efficient, you know, as I'm, as I'm doing it now. So I kind of, I think that it's, I, I start valuing balance a little bit more just to balance the travel and the work at home. Uh, a little bit better and to be a little bit more selective with the with the travel that I will be doing in the future. I think I think that's that's probably the biggest lesson that I took away. Um, yeah, just just being being really grateful for for you know appreciating when you do see people. I'm a I'm a I'm a really I'm a hugger. <laughs> I say <laughs> I I like I like I'm I'm personal, but I like to hug people. I like to I like to I like to feel people, and that's and I'm I'm an intuitive communicator, so I, I I go off 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 I bounce off of other people when I talk to them, and and that's what one thing that's really missing. But working from home is 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 now different, uh, just because well now I'm in a hotel. It's completely different <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it's 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 a little bit. Um, watching watching guys watching watching guys on tape is, is has a different value you know so you 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 see the you see the development you see some certain things but it's it's not as much fun as as, as watching it in uh, live obviously but you know it has other other advantages you can you can uh, watch more more games at, at the at, at once you can watch you can make more phone calls you can have more emails you're not constantly on the road and and task switching all the time while you're traveling um, that makes it difficult, you know, like I used to have to download games to be able to watch them on the plane and, and just, you know, organizing myself ahead of time. Now it's just kind of like where you, you can, you, you wake up, you have your schedule, you have the things you want to do. I'm, I do one thing after another, uh, throughout the day and have tasks that I have to, that I want to finish for myself because it's, uh, I, you can't be doing everything at once in one day, you know? So sometimes I have to, I have to really be selective of, all right, today I'm gonna do one phone call uh, for for a GM or a sports director. I'm gonna learn one player, one new player that I really want to learn, either from college or from from uh, international international point that I just want to follow up on. And then I'll I'll watch one full game or two full games depending on who played uh, the, the 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 night before, and uh, prepare myself to 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 know the context of the team because in order to know the player you also have to know the context of the team of who's which he's playing for in order to know his role his impact and the rotation the trust the coaches have in them and things like that so i i try to learn throughout the day different things uh, around the player and and uh, that's that whereas before i was just you know i, I made my schedule that a lot of time went into scheduling booking hotels booking, booking, um, making sure I have the tickets, making sure I have, I have the flight set up. And there's a lot of pre-organizing that went into it. And then afterwards, there was a lot of um, receipts that had to be turned in as well. So I, I also I also do, had to do the books also for my, for my, for my own sake. And that's also uh, taken away, which is good. You know, it, it's, it's less time consuming now to, to, to worry about receipts and, and, and scheduling. So that's, that's also positive, I guess. Uh, Liam, as um, Bennis mentioned, COVID's had a, a massive impact. Um, as Australia's, one of Australia's leading basketball analysts, how's it impacted what you do? Look, to be honest at it, it hasn't had a massive impact on on my day to day or my week to week. Um, 
Max, to be honest. We, we as a, um, as a um, well, the broadcasters of the NBL made the decision to, uh, ahead of the 2019-20 season here mm-hmm. um, to move into an, uh, an off-site broadcasting arrangement. Uh, where we call every game of the NBL season from from a Harbour studio set up here in Melbourne. Um, we have one kind of courtside um, commentator at each game, as you would know, Max, but the, the, um, the, the commentators in the booth, the play-by-play and the analysts are all calling from a hub in Melbourne. And um, a lot of sports have made that adjustment to broadcasting games that way as a result of COVID. Well, in our league, that adjustment was made prior to COVID for, um, um, you know, the best practice uh, reasons from a financial perspective. So um, the fact that we were already set up, we were already doing it like that um, meant that when we continued to do that throughout um, COVID or into this season, it, it didn't kind of change things for us. And then, um, over and above that, you know, the rest of my work, a lot of it is, is done, you know, we would, um, a lot of it is done at from home, all my, my writing and um, my studying of, of teams and, and, and players and, and what they're doing and, and have been doing hasn't changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, over the off season, of course, we shot NBL Overtime, our, yeah. our kind of flagship panel show that, that I'm a part of from home in this sort of type of way, which was very different. One moment, I've got my hands in the sink, uh, elbow deep in the dishes, and then the next one I'm shooting <laughs> a national TV show, whereas now we're, we're back in the studio and, and that's kind of feels a little bit better. Um, and then the other part of that that's been affected, of course, is our NBL season. Mm-hmm. Um, we're operating during the win- you know during the winter period of time now we're going up against um, some of the really big players in the sporting landscape here in Australia and terms of the AFL football, the rugby league and the like. I mean, we, we as a league made the call many moons ago to no longer go up against those codes to move our season into the summer here um, and, and, and try to become the number one Australian summer sport. Um, that's had a big impact and it's, yeah. it's been really difficult. It's been difficult for, for teams. Um, and that's just one of a number of things that the, the constant changing of the schedule. Um, we've gone from three imports down to two imports this season as a, as a cost cutting measure and, and um, you know, as a result of COVID. So look, to be honest, um, we're really, you know, I'm really looking forward. I think there's going to be a tremendous run home, as I mentioned before, and a great playoff series. But then moving forward, I'm really hoping we can get back to something resembling a bit more of a normal NBL season moving forward. It won't change a lot from my perspective in terms of what I do, but in terms of just continuing the momentum on the, of the growth of this league, getting back in a summer, three imports, um, you know, back into that period of time where, where um, you know where uh, one of the biggest players on the on the in the sporting landscape, I think, is going to be going to be a real positive. Um, now on Tuesday, and I want to mention this before um, to Venice. Um, I had a conversation with Derek Rucker, and that'll release um, in a month or so. The great Derek Rucker um, about the NBL top four this season, and we were trying to I was trying to name a top four, but then you get stuck on that third and fourth spot because there's, I don't know, there's two, so Cairns and um, New Zealand pretty much, aren't, uh, they're, they're out of it. But then you've got 
Hugo, your Adelaide, Southeast Melbourne, see uh, the Phoenix, uh, the Bullets. You've got like five or six teams in there who can potentially make um, a late run. I think the Adelaide, the 36ers have to win every game for the rest of the season to make the playoffs. Achievable, but um, difficult. But he, and we we were going on about this for about five or so minutes. Um, was checking out the stats and checking out um, and we we're sort of debating who should be in there and whatnot. Liam, who's your um, top four going to be? Well, well, let let me guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna imagine that that Ruck um, threw the bullets in there as a team that ultimately yeah, will so. make the four. I mean, I know <laughs> I know where his loyalties lie up there in Southeast Queensland. Um, Look, it's going to be fascinating to see what what, what kind of run they can make. Um, Bennis, of course, they are coached by Andre Lamanis, and um, uh, he uh, has. They've announced already that he's um, he's not going to be with the team moving forward at the end of this season. So it's an interesting kind of state of affairs. It's not a sort of a usual situation for them. They've, they've um, you know they brought in Lamar Patterson mid-season. What, what kind of run can they make down the stretch of this season? Do they play? with all the weight of the world off their shoulders, knowing, you know, and does Andre kind of coach with a, with a freedom of mind that comes with that kind of announcement and, and feeling? We'll, we'll see. Um, I think they're a good chance to make some noise. I think, I think they're going to come up short, to be honest. Um, I think Adelaide, I mean, I'm with, uh, with apologies to 36ers fans who are super passionate. I, they can continue to dream the dream if they want, but that's, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Um, so to me, I think it comes down to Sydney, Southeast Melbourne and Illawarra um, mm-hmm. for that, those final two spots in the third and fourth spot. Um, we saw the Phoenix last night get over the line against the New Zealand Breakers. They play Cairns um, again this round. I think they're going to get that win. They'll be 16 and 14 at that point. Mm-hmm. They're winding Kiefer Sykes back up as their premier point guard. Um, and, you know, we saw some good signs for Mitch Creek last night. I think Ryan Brockhoff has a chance to have a good last part of the season as well. I think they're going to make it. And then the other team I think will make it with it will be the Sydney Kings have been unbelievably banged up all year long, um, but they're getting Xavier Cooks back. He is set to make his NBL 21 debut tonight. Yeah. I'll be calling that game between the, the Kings and the Bullets. Yeah. Um, so excited to see him back out there on the floor and uh, look, Illawarra, I think that they could go, they're going to go right down to the wire as well. They've got a bunch of home games. Brian Gorgian is, of course, the greatest to ever do it yeah. <laughs> on the sidelines in our league. And he's going to have that team right in the mix. Um, but look, they're young. They've got some young guys like Sam Froling playing a really big load of minutes. And I think that um, to, to expect them to, to get it all right down the stretch is, is maybe a little difficult, especially when you think they're essentially an expansion team, new ownership, new coach, almost an entire new roster coming into this year. So I think they'll go close, but no cigar, and it'll be Melbourne, Perth, Sydney, Southeast Melbourne, and we'll be good to go. Um, Bennis, I know you love your podcast, and I see, um, I know you've recently started uh, your own podcast name, The Bennis Podcast. Can you talk to us um, about this? Yeah, very creative name, huh? Yeah. <laughs> How long did that take? That was, uh, it took longer than it sounds like it, really. Because <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had a lot of, lot of ideas of, uh, um, from, from coast to coast, coffee with coaches. I mean, I had a whole bunch of uh, ideas for it. But um, my idea was to travel around the world. And honestly, um, 
because I can't travel, we can't travel as much. I was thinking to travel and meet people in terms of uh, sports specific people and not only basketball, but in general sports and uh, pick their brains on different nuances of, of, of their sports. Because first on, on first topic is about the person um, of, of their path, because I, I get often asked, how did I get to this point? And reality is that everybody's journey is different you know everybody has their own path to 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 blaze and to run through and to get to what they, where they want to get to um and there is not one way of of getting there it's just your specific your specific way that you find throughout throughout your life and the other part is the professional part where i talk to currently i talk to uh, the basketball world and and i i had a, a mental coach on as well but in general, I, I try to pick their brains on certain situations that I've experienced being in, in a team uh, environment where you deal with certain nuances of how to connect with players, uh, certain challenges you have throughout the season, uh, chemistry stuff, um, any, anything that's really um, involved with coaching, X's and O's, but not so much going into tactics, but how to communicate amongst the staff, um, how to how to be um, how to really grow loyalty amongst the staff what do you do what what's certain things the head coaches look for in assistant coach what they expect from the assistant coaches uh, during the game during practices and certain nuances and details that that maybe not many people think about that i've experienced are more challenging than than they sound like you know that you you really have to navigate certain information between the uh the player and the head coach as as an assistant coach being right in between the two so there's lots of little things that you have to uh, be wary of and i i am on the journey to really explore that with different people from different sports and see how they reach the peak and in reality i would like to know um put the put the different worlds different sports worlds together and see what drives winning you know and and that's in the end of the day um that's what's interesting i think to what 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 I can uncover for people to know more about. Thanks, Liam and uh, Bennis for coming on the podcast today and putting aside an hour or so um, of your time to come on and have a chat. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Max. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Max. And Max, I'm sure Bennis would, would agree with me. You keep up the great work, young yeah. man. You know, you are yeah. just, uh, you're incredible. Um, and, uh, you're doing an incredible job with this podcast and everything you're doing in the in the sporting landscape at such a young age you handle yourself just brilliantly and it's a pleasure to, to come on and chat with you thanks and Max, in 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 one way or another you really uh, also inspired me to do my podcast so you you started you started the Benes podcast in reality <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys stay tuned right. everyone for some more sporting max Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes and follow and subscribe to our channel on Instagram and YouTube. This episode was brought to you by The Missing Link.